self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red because i forgot to come up with somebody to be this week <laughs> and uh we are conversation con artists back for another fantastic episode and we have a special guest with us somebody that you've heard from before would you like to introduce yourself sir uh it's colin it is Colin. Relative. <laughs> you know names, just, you no identifiers. <laughs> just Colin. That's it. Yeah. Listener letter. Listener letter Colin. That's what you can call me, maybe. So, uh, Listener letter uh, Colin. I can. So y'all, y'all heard uh, a lot of letters from Colin. We've given input to a lot of love stuff, and it's, frankly, he wins the award for sending everybody, sending us the most letters to respond to. Like we, we government name is second, and nerd plate is third, but like. Colin stay on, on the letters, and we appreciate that, man. Um, but uh, we've been trying to get him on. We've been teasing it for some time. We finally got all our schedules together that we can have this conversation, so let's do it. Um, my, uh, You can find me, Mr. On Point, at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at red underscore calamity. Also, we are still doing the listener letter portion of the show, so if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationcarartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Car Artists, and send it to us that way. Hilariously enough, the letter that we have for this week is actually from Colin. <laughs> because at the time, we hadn't gotten the schedules together, so we didn't know he was going to be on. But I'm still going to read it. <laughs> and he can add to uh, the letter anything that he deems necessary at this point. Uh, this is the first time I'm writing in and have a feeling that I'm struggling to find some stuff to live right along to y'all. So I'll throw out some topics of discussion that I know Red will bring the fire on. Number one, leaving Neverland. Is Michael Jackson now canceled for y'all because he is for me? Let's just take these one at a time. Leaving the- I have not watched it, okay? Me neither. Um, And I don't plan on watching it. Me you know... Here's the thing. I don't know why people are acting like we didn't already know this about Michael Jackson. Um, the fact that he built a fucking theme park called Neverland, Never Neverland, and had all these kids, white kids, coming to it, I mean, was suspect enough. But I, I feel like the Neverland documentary kind of has been something that they jumped on to this bandwagon of documentaries being made. Um, I feel the same way about Michael Jackson now that I felt about him before they uh, announced the Neverland documentary. Um, So I just, I didn't really see the point necessarily outside of it being kind of we're in this, make these documentaries about this crazy shit like abducted in plain sight. Have you seen that? Uh, That's another one that I haven't seen. So Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I and I've seen a lot of commentary on it. Like people were like, My "How the hell, Like how the hell did this even happen?" Also, it, uh, which I is the same it. question I have about Michael Jackson. Which is like, okay, I get it. He's Michael Jackson, right? And is at the height of his fame and whatever else. But like, I don't care if it's LeBron James. LeBron James is like, "Hey, I got this ranch." <laughs> And it's a theme park, and it's called Neverland. And I want you to drop off your kids over here, but they're gonna stay, and you can't come. <laughs> I feel like there's like a there's a couple of like there's like 
red flags. Like if there was like if there you know if it was like a gatekeeper, right? Like you got to go through multiple gates before you get to the <laughs> to like danger zone. Like there's several gates that the parents just blew right through. Like oh yeah, that sounds fine. Like oh, these were some bullshit ass parents. Like the parents in all of these cases, whether it be abducted in plain sight, whether it be Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, I just and i work with parents that are fucking their kids over like currently on my caseload i have parents that i have to sit down every day and be like man listen <laughs> like the kid is fine if you would get your shit together like kid is cool i me and the kid have we're good what i need for you to do is get your shit together and then everything will work out so i'm very aware that there are parents that ain't shit but these parents are like a level of ain't shit that's just sad because at no point should there be a price tag on your child's head. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, I just don't understand that concept. I don't even have no kids, okay? I I don't even leave my dogs with just anybody, okay? And for sure, I would not be leaving my children. I don't care who it is. You know, Idris Elba, it, or no, what's the guy that played um, Mbaku? Mbaku is right. it, okay? Mbaku, that's that's my year. <laughs> Mbaku could make a ranch. That's who you're gonna let ruin your life. That's who I'm gonna let ruin my life, but not my kids. You saw how he sat on that throne. Say what? Jabari land. I say she saw how he's sitting on that throne yeah. in the Jabari lands up in the mountains and <laughs> Black Panthers. She, that was it. It was a wrap. <laughs> if he want me to come to the ranch and stay, fine. I'm there. But my kids are not coming. <laughs> not even for Mbaku, okay? And I would do a lot for Mbaku. Probably ruin my whole shit. But not my kids. I just don't understand that concept. So I I have no plans on watching that. Um, government names watched like the first part. And they were talking about how crazy it was and some of the stuff. And here's the thing. People get on my nerves saying that you know, that oil, that sounds crazy. Does it, though? Look at all of the shit that we see. Like, again, anybody that's abducted in plain sight, don't tell me no shit about nothing crazy. There, That's my level. That is at the top. If you can beat abducted in plain sight for me, <laughs> as, as far as crazy shit, it's really crazy. So, like, saying, oh, I can't believe Michael Jackson would do this, that, or the third. Why the fuck not? He was still a man. With obviously some some very very terrible kinky shit going on. Yeah, I, I mean they listening to these kids describe what happened, and I think it was you that said it was so. Um, what did you say? That it was so. Oh, the details were so was specific yeah, that I it's just hard to say he can do that. But see, yeah. my, I look at it from a different perspective. Like I don't care whether he did it or not. Okay. My perspective is, I'm not invested enough in Michael Jackson to waste my fuckwittable points <laughs> on him. It's somebody else. It's somebody that I fuck with heavy that if they fuck up, I'm going to have to be the bad black person <laughs> or the bad advocate at that point. This, Michael Jackson ain't the, ain't the nigga I'm willing to die on. That ain't the hill I'm willing to die on. <laughs> so I don't care if he did it or not. It's too close for comfort for me. I'm done with him. Maybe if... Maybe if a pretty young thing come on, I might tune, jam a little to it till I remember. Oh shit, I ain't fuck with Michael. And then I'll, you know, stop. But like, I'm just, he just too close for comfort. Sorry. And the only person I could think of that if they do something real bad right now is I just like Childish Gambino. Oh, 
But he's the like, I don't know anybody else. I can eighty six, and you know, people, they've been on his ass about like how he been talking about how he's preferring Asian women over black women, and how he say it in his music, and they like mm-hmm. you know, black women ain't really fucking with him like that. And I'm like, eh, is it really that bad? You know, oh, I like still watch the shit out of Atlanta. So. No, I'm saying he got too much good shit going on. <laughs> I, I, he don't need to do shit until his career is dead. <laughs> well, the thing with him too is like, is if the only thing that people are mad about is what his dating preferences are, or whatever. I mean, that's a far cry from child molestation and pedophilia. True story. Yeah. Uh, I knew Michael Jackson did the shit when I was watching the first trial. He came outside and started jumping up and down on top of that escalator. I was like, oh, yeah, that's. <laughs> You don't do that unless you know you done got away with some shit. <laughs> You're right. Like, I don't know. I mean, I I, I had always been a, a fan of his music. Um, and, you know, as a performer and everything else, I mean, he's a pretty revolutionary performer. But I'm also not the kind of person to get, like, so heavily invested with, like, wondering and going on and on. I've been seeing people on Facebook posting all these long statuses about how, you know, I just, I no longer can listen to it. I just, you know, I'm disgusted by the blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, add them to the other list of the rest of the people that are molested people and just cancel them. Like, I don't, people that are like a, some kind of performer or celebrity don't have such a hold over my, you know, w- what's right or wrong in my life that I'm going to sit here and, you know, be like, oh my God, like I'm, you know, depressed and sad and I need to take time off of work to, to figure out how I'm going to reconcile my Michael Jackson fandom. I mean, I thought the music was fire and I thought he was a good performer and now it comes out it sounds like, I mean, everything that we thought was probably true is probably true. So it's cool. I just won't listen to your shit anymore. That's fine. There's other stuff I can do to get entertained. Just my last thoughts on the Neverland dialogue, man, is that we all knew that Anybody is capable of anything, man. I don't think, I think a lot of people are psychologically excluded Michael Michael Jackson from being included because they have embraced his essence and being and his, and that fame and that, you know, celebrity. He just did this with Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm, like, and my thing is, it ain't like every mil, super millionaire superstar out there is doing this. Why can't we believe that one out of the whole bunch of them? <laughs> like it's not like an epidemic of these people doing it. It's like he got money and the problem, <laughs> you know. So yeah, we can let him go. And like, like I said, you don't have to retroactively go back into your life and your wedding reception and everything that Michael Jackson's music, the concerts you went to, and say, "Oh, that concert was a terrible time because of the new information I found out." And oh, my wedding was t- terrible because of this new information. We don't have to do that, you know. Just monitor. Yeah. I feel like you should monitor how you support that person. And, you know, new kid on the block for that is R. Kelly. Fuck that nigga. <laughs> Fuck yeah, they, they need to go ahead and put R. Kelly under the jail. Like, just get him out of here. They just... There's a third tape now. Like... <laughs> I'm just keeping in at this point. Stop letting this Negro out. How this is what the third time he's been arrested in the last two three weeks. Just keep his ass in now. Somebody keep out. paying for him to get out. One it was the girl who owned the restaurant. They was and the other the second one is anonymous. Whoever paid his back child support, they anonymous. Look what happened to the girl who bailed him out. That's but what you, I'm saying. I be anonymous too. I understand. They went to her restaurant showing their ass about her um, paying them bail money. I be anonymous too. Yeah, and you if better. y'all haven't seen, if y'all haven't seen the uh, Saturday Night Live cold open of that interview 
with uh <laughs> Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson Leslie. and Leslie. I can't remember her last name. Leslie. I haven't seen it, but I, I've seen the little thumbnail on YouTube, and I was like, I need to add that to my list. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you, you need to watch that, man. I well, love you, the parts where they uh, start playing the Trapped in the Closet music when he's like trying to figure out how he's going to get out. <laughs> Hilarious. Who, Leslie didn't do a good, like she was forgetting her lines and shit. Yeah, she was messing up. She was not doing a good job. But do y'all so do y'all have people I guess at the top of your list of if they did some problematic shit you'd be kind of conflicted even if just for a minute. Mbaku. Okay, Mbaku <laughs> gonna ruin your life. We got we got you with him. I don't even know of anybody else that I give enough of a shit about. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's as I've gotten older, like I've I've stopped idolizing people who who I don't know. You know. Yeah. So I think you know what? There's one though, because I, I I grew up a pretty big Dallas Cowboys fan, right? Yeah. And somebody who even now to this day I admire. Oh, there's two now. So now, yeah, definitely the Rock. If the Rock did some problematic shit, oh, dang. I'm gonna be denying it all the way to the grave because the Rock. That, <laughs> that dude, that is my guy. So, but um, Demarcus Ware on the Dallas Cowboys. So he's from went down Troy, Alabama, Troy University, played there, yeah, and I uh, play with him. He's just a. He just seems like he's just a really good, positive dude who has worked really hard. His, his parents, you know, had a good upbringing. His mom and dad. I think his dad was like maybe in the military or something like that. And like they just. He just seems like he's a really, really good dude. Even the stuff that he puts on with uh, social media and he was on Dancing with the Stars and like. And I don't like especially like pro athletes because, I mean, if you ever played any sport at all growing up past the age of like twelve, you start to hang out with teammates and it's the same. I mean, that stuff starts then in high school and it keeps on going as far as like people doing some questionable and ratchet shit. But he's one that I'm like, damn, if, if D-Ware came out and had some, I'd be like, damn. <laughs> I, like, I want to talk to him personally and be like, really? oh, what you doing, man? Like, Are we sure? Where the evidence? Let me see. <laughs> Look me in the eye, man. Tell me you ain't do it. Tell me you ain't do it. Please tell me. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, other than that, though, I mean, you know, because people are human. I mean, just because they're a celebrity doesn't make them immune from the same shit that somebody that you know from around the corner that they got into. You know what I mean? A regular, you know, we got we all got families, too. I know y'all got some family members like my family members being all sorts of all sorts of mess. Oh, we talk about this shit on the show all the time. My, dad, like, my daddy's side of the family. I don't even want to ask no questions about them mm, niggas past. Man, my mom and my dad. I told you I had to. Cousin that robbed the same bank three times. Yeah. Um, I have my cousin that you met. I don't think you knew. When no, the you killer met him. when we were moving. He's not a killer. He's an attempted killer. But yes, he killed shit. You should have let me know that though. Well, I why feel, did you need to know? I feel like I should have the decision to be around people that have the potential to well, murder. You would have not wanted to help. Exactly. That's exactly right. You be out like, y'all. You. you know how selfish that sounds. <laughs> Put you in the line of a potential murderer so you can help he me move a chair. Stabs bitches he dates. You not a bitch he date. You safe. You're fine. But I don't want to. I don't want to be there when he find out that he can murder people that, that he don't date that <laughs> just did something he don't like. I feel like. <laughs> what if he didn't like the way he moved the chair? And then what? Exactly. <laughs> I feel like he. Gonna be bleeding on your chair. Now you check have love on it. That was non like dating related. He'd have done that shit by now. This was years ago that he. Said, it's clear that he's an emotional murderer. It ain't like he planned that shit. So no. if I would have dropped something in front of him and he fell down the <laughs> steps or something, I 
don't want him to get up and just pop me in my chest twice. <laughs> or stab me with a screwdriver in the stab. neck. He stab. He didn't shoot. He knocks. I'm I just mean, saying. I just. I should you, have that. But did you die? Nothing happened. We moved. It was fine. It was great. You didn't even know. You liked him until I told you he was an uh, attempted murder. I feel like stabbing is worse, too. I feel like stabbing is way worse, too. It's more personal. It is. Because you can see it coming. And then usually, I mean, you don't, most of the time, it's like you don't die immediately. Sometimes you don't even die. That shit just hurts. And then you, you got to live with the trauma. He, he you know, yeah, she lived. He stabbed her three times in the gut, but she she lived. Yeah, see, now you got to live with the rest of your life remembering <laughs> that. Like, yo, they need to bring that men in black flashy thing. Like, so there's some but stuff in my life. Listen. Face that. My cousin is a very nice guy, though. <laughs> I say all that to say he's nice to me. But I know if a nigga fuck up, he gonna be my first call. I'm calling him. <laughs> you really ready to be responsible for somebody else's death? I'm not responsible for nobody's death because I'm not gonna kill nobody. You start yeah. the chain. I'm going to have discussed something with a family member. What that family member decides to do with it has nothing to do with me. Okay. That's not how the law works. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. I, I, I am not going to go solicit a murder. I'm going to call him and be like, oh my God, you know, such and such did this and, and blah, blah, blah. Now, if he gets so upset because I'm his favorite cousin and he go fuck a nigga up, not my fault. Because I didn't ask him to go do that. What I said was, this is what happened to me. Uh-huh. You are don't, not responsible for the murder. No. You're responsible for putting all the pieces in place. <laughs> <laughs> well, because listen, my cousin, could, that's a choice that he has to make. He could choose to just be like, oh, Red, that's messed up, man. What you need from me? Or he could choose to be like, I'm fucking that nigga up on sight. That's up to him. No, it's up to you to call the cousin that you know going to say, oh, that's fucked up, Red. <laughs> not the cousin who has got murder capacity. Cousins are crazy. Okay. Well, All the male ones, anyway. Well, you know, I feel like if I found out, like, my daddy or my granddaddy was had some sexual abuse stuff going on, I really do not know what that would do to my existence. Like, I got a friend who ain't listening to this, but we uh, it's on the comment on our news in our hometown that his brother was sexually abusing the, the, the girl in the home. Okay. And I'm sitting here like, I, I know this person. Like, I played dominoes with this person. I've been around this person. I've been chilling with this person. I don't know him like that. I'm really close with his two younger brothers. But I'm like, man, if this happened to somebody that was close to me, man, I could cut him off. But I'd be like, shit, this shit can be close. This shit can be anywhere. Did they do anything about it? Did he get arrested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got okay. arrested. Cause, so what I was saying when this uh, R. Kelly and with uh, Michael Jackson and all of these things uh, and people talking about these parents or with abducted in plain sight specifically in Michael Jackson because it was white kids. This happens in black neighborhoods and black families. But the thing is, a lot of times it's family members. And unfortunately, yeah. it's so what happens is we sweep the shit under the rug. And what happens is, you know, when everybody's over to the house, they're like, "Are them kids in there with Bill? Get them girls out of there with Bill!" Like it isn't, it isn't. Let's get Bill some help. Let's arrest, get Bill oh, off the street. Yeah, no, yeah. It's just like keep the girls. Don't let them in there with Bill. Keep them away from Bill. And so 
you know, I, I, we not gonna pretend like this shit don't happen in black families. It's just that we, and I, a lot of this just has to do with black culture, how we've been treated by white people. We have a tendency to want to keep everything to ourselves, don't trust people, keep it within the family, which is fine, unless it's some pedophile shit. That's some shit that needs to go outside of the family because you need to have somebody come in and one, help the victims, two, keep them from being victimized again by this person. Because pedophilia is one of those things that ain't no cure for that. You know, you're not going to wake up one day after you've been a pedophile and just be like, you know what? It ain't going to be, uh, what's his name? I don't like I don't like men's no more. Oh, yeah. I'm no. It ain't going to be that. He still oh. like men's. He still like men's. He going to always like men's because that nigga is gay. <laughs> he was delivered. <laughs> delivered some pizza for him and his boo. That's he got delivered some meats. That's what he got delivered. <laughs> All the pictures you see with him with women in it, he looks so disgusting. <laughs> like he don't even believe this shit happened. <laughs> like look at him, look at his face. He, he does. I can't believe what I'm doing for the fucking ground. <laughs> he does. He really does. But yeah, like pedophilia doesn't go away, and so. Sweeping it under the rug or having a stern talk with fucking Bill and the family, that ain't gonna do shit. Bill's still gonna be out here. The next generation of, of kids that grow up when he's still around, he's still gonna be doing this shit. And so that is what I took or wanted people to take from like abducting in plain sight. Cause I kept seeing how these white people are crazy. It's like black folks don't go, don't wait. Wait a minute. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a stranger. We wouldn't have had some random fucking neighbor that moved into the neighborhood. It wouldn't have been that. But we have had plenty of kids be victimized by family members and close family friends. So don't do that. What's we got it? our own issues. Um, Trumpito's <laughs> CPAC speech and hugging the flag. What the fuck? I tried to stay away from watching CPAC uh, just because I just didn't want to see. You know, what I normally do is I look at commentary on stuff, and if it seems relevant enough, then I'll watch it. But with, uh, with the, I just didn't want to see that. He hugged the flag? He had just, a, first off, he used the term bullshit in a speech. Like, he cussing out here in these speeches. He's moving all the way away from our presidential decorum. Uh, I don't even know why he hugged the flag. Like I didn't, like, I didn't even get the commentary. Yes, like, like yes. we got memes out here with him hugging the flag. <laughs> That's how much he loves America, apparently. So let me tell I, you. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, I actually regret putting that one in the letter because I real I realized after I had sent it that that's not the first time that he did that. And so it was like bringing up old shit, and I was like, oh, he already, <laughs> apparently he already hugged the flag once before or twice before. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, we don't, I don't even know why I'm even bringing this up. Like, he's, just doing, he's, just doing, he's just doing Trump shit. That's what he's doing. When he came to Alabama, did you hear about him signing Bibles? I did. Yeah. You're not Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck? Also, why are you handing out who? So let's move, remove it, right? Because it's like pro athlete, right? A pro athlete, when they're at like the practice, the training camp, the game, they will sign when they're going through signing autographs with the Sharpie. They will just sign any shit that you hang down from the bleachers. You know what I mean? They just sign it. They don't care what it is because they have people that sign other people's jerseys and everything. So I'll give Trump a little bit of a pass. Well, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm not giving him a pass. I ain't giving him a pass. But I get it because he's probably he's so vapid. He doesn't even. He just saw something and had a pen in his hand and was like, "I'm Donald Trump. Everybody likes autographs. I'm gonna autograph it." So, Who are you to be out there holding out your Bible? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> to be like, please autograph this. 
That's where the that's You're right. I mean, it's problematic, but that's a little bit more problematic to me when you when you put it in the context of Trump being who he is. It's not like he's it's not like he's cognizant of really anything in reality ever. So he probably thought for all it was he was signing a receipt for for Big Macs to get delivered by by Grubhub at the White House. You know what I'm saying? Is it blasphemous for for somebody to sign? It should be. I mean, it's really not in there. The book is a little old. It was written a long time ago. So I don't know if autographs was in the Bible back then. But, <laughs> but I'm saying if you was going to get an autographed Bible, it would have to be autographed by either Jesus or God. Like, I mean, Mary, Mary Joseph, you know what I mean? Mary, you know, Joseph, Abraham, you know, the, Peter, the Paul, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be somebody's got their name on one of the, on one of the, one of the scriptures. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't think the Bible really mean much. It's just a piece of paper. You are finna fuck up a whole lot of shit. I feel like I feel like <laughs> have y'all seen the Action Bible in Walmart? Action Bible. Action Bible. Action Bible. It's a whole Bible made like a graphic novel. It got like pictures of motherfuckers <laughs> like in, in war. Yes, like it's a it's the Bible like a whole action like a graphic novel. Wow. Like a comic book. From the beginning to the end. But why? But how good is it though? So first let's Oh, it looks amazing. I, I've opened it up and seen it. I was like, "Damn, I want one of these." I might and I don't read the Bible. You gotta make me. <laughs> me neither. So, but I might read it if it's <laughs> it's like a fire Spider-Man comic book. I'm saying, like, if they can make these, th- like, I would listen. I would never be interested in the story of how our country came together if uh, Lin Manuel Miranda didn't put that shit in the middle of hip hop and R and B. So, good point. I wasn't interested in that shit before I heard it like that, and I wasn't interested in reading the Bible until I saw that damn action Bible. <laughs> I was like, God, shit. <laughs> like Marvel, if Marvel Studios did a David and Goliath movie, I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> exactly, like <laughs> it'd probably be an hour and a half of David swinging that rock around in the slingshot before he throws it, and I'd all watch it because it probably or or they you know they would take creative liberty with it. And an Iron Man suit and flying around. And <laughs> See, my qualms about that story is I feel like I feel like the way it's told, it make you think that he fighting up against a fucking Titan. Yeah, just a human. I feel like he just kind of like four four eleven, and the the uh, the person he is up against is like six nine. It's like he's fighting Shaq. Yeah, it's like from a distance you can <laughs> from a distance you can see like. From somebody from a distance, they'd be like, "Man, that's a giant fighter." No, it's just regular height people. Just a big why, difference between them. Why could it have not been a giant? Because why giants don't exist today? We have abnormal. Yeah, where's his bones at? He should be fossilized somewhere. If, if he, if he, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they ain't found his bones. Oh shit! <laughs> I feel like he was just a regular height motherfucker, and David was just a little ass motherfucker. That's what I think. <laughs> I think uh, you know it's like that game telephone where, uh, where you, when you sit in the class with the kids yeah. oh, you and tell you, you say so, time yeah. to the end, you say I love zebras on one side and on the other side it'd be like your your mama's ass is crazy, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it'd be something completely different. Like how did it? Like which one of you assholes changed it on purpose? <laughs> you know type situation. But I think that's the Bible essentially. But I think creating something like the Action Bible is the same as signing the motherfucker. No. Yeah. Why do you think that? Because it's, it's I mean, it, it's, it's just, still the same stuff. Just What authorizes you to change the Bible? But the Bible has been changed. You know how many different texts that come in 
You got all, you got the King James, bro. You have all these But those are different interpretations. No. We talking about a whole different rendition of the Bible, which is the Action Bible. They're not different interpretations. They're different. The language is different. It's supposed to be... It, the the message is supposed to be the same. The message the is the wording is just different, and the actual Bible might just be the same thing. It's the same stuff. I would I would accept that if I go and I see that they didn't fucked up, you know, Adam and Eve, David, like if they've drastically changed these stories to fit like uh, a comic book shit, then I'll be like okay. But if it's the exact same, it ain't no different than the King James version or the new. Um, I'm not. I used to know the different Bible versions, but you NIV, know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's King no different James than that. The words um, are different. The message is supposed to be the same. I feel like when you go to heaven or the waiting room before you get to heaven and they start tallying your sins and shit, I don't feel like God will take points off for you signing a Bible. Because at the end of the day, it's just a man-made piece of it shit on matter. man. And somebody's making profit from Bibles. But he is. They need to go to hell. A selfish <laughs> Bible should be free. He doesn't, there's no God, other God before him. So I, I feel like he would feel some type of way about somebody else signing his God But I feel like we just say that. I feel like the Bible just say that. I don't feel like God, like God, like I feel like when you just said that God, that she go with that fucking propaganda. Hey, that's what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> that she go with that bullshit talking that's about I'm a selfish God. Well, I gave y'all about, all of this. How like, am I selfish? They don't call him selfish. I said selfish. They call him, I don't know. A word that means selfish, but not quite as but aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, but you there was a the, one of the commandments is to have no other gods before him. So I feel like yeah, he would feel some type of way about you signing some shit. But see, is that, is that is that is that if God if those are the exact words of God is God telling us that there are other gods? No, but you're not. I feel like it may be. No, but like so, you know, one of the stories in the Bible. <coughs> They were worshiping these different deities or whatever, and he punished them for it. And I feel like I think that was one of the things that was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah as well. Is nah, that my, they, I know they sex, were raping people. They was doing that, but also I feel like they were also worshiping other gods. So that's what he means. No other god. You, <laughs> you nothing that you deem to be a god before him. We getting in forbidden territory over here. No, nah, I just feel like Sodom and Gomorrah, I don't feel like they were raping people. I think that's how they try to describe it. But I, I bet you if that story was true, that's where sodomy comes from, right? Like, I bet you Sodom and Gomorrah, they were just getting in with some meat. And then people didn't like it. I've been waiting, I've been waiting to get out there because I've been wanting to say meats. Like, Eddie just like, Mr. Arpoy was saying it. On the shit. We could be out eating. Have you been using that book? Oh, my God. <laughs> that recipe book? Yo, I got it. It's right over here on the table right there. Yeah, I've been using it. I'm waiting on the credit to get warmer so I can get me the grill so I can definitely eat the book of meat. <laughs> I hate you so much. It's a different kind of meat stuff. <laughs> but yeah. I'm going to find an action Bible. I don't think it's like action. I just bought it on Amazon. I think it's what you did. It's five stars on Amazon too, by the way. Hey, it's, that book was live. <laughs> I was reading it, but the I was cover, crazy. I was looking at it. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'll let you know on Wednesday when it gets here. Nice. Um, the only other thing was... Oh, oh, uh, I was going to say this, uh, Colin. The main thing that disappointed me about CPAC is Van Jones' oh, presence. Yeah. Oh, well, look, Van Jones has been canceled for me since 2017. See, he, he, was, he wasn't canceled for me in 2017, but like in 2017, I was like, 
What are you talking? What are you doing? Because when when I first started hearing on CNN, he's really good with words and really good with you know verbalizing mm-hmm. the issue and. Th- but I it, it was hard for me to figure out what side he was on. But like this whole CPAC, yeah, he done. He done. And then I canceled him, and then with the Mark Lamont Hill. And then when Mark Lamont Hill was supporting Bernie, I was like, ah, oh, no, Mark, I gotta go away from you now. Nah, so my, that guys is, uh, my guys on CNN is Charles blowing Bakari Sellers right now. Yeah. Van Jones got canceled for me when the State of the Union. He got up there. And oh yeah, it's like he became presidential tonight. I was like, motherfucker, what the hell? Because <laughs> <laughs> he read like a third grade reading level off a teleprompter. All of a sudden, he's presidential. What the hell? You just and that invalidated everything else that man said on the campaign trail. He made fun of this disabled person. He said the judge couldn't be trusted because he had Mexican heritage. He was talking about, let's go all the way back to Central Park 5 with that whole story, taking out a full-page advertisement in the New York Times talking about how they should be hanged or killed or whatever it was, shot by a firing squad. So, But he, he gives one speech that somebody else wrote, you could tell, because I'm not even sure Donald Trump can even read or write. And you're going to be out there <laughs> talking about he became presidential after what we just had for eight years with Barack Obama, Uncle Barack Obama. Uncle Barack so, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's presidential to you. He got a long way to go. If, if so, what was President Obama? If, if if Trump became presidential from one speech, President Obama must must be Jesus or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like he had the only thing he could. If I feel like the only thing you can find for like you got to give Trump awards like you would a first grader, like. <laughs> Yeah, he ain't like a. You can't hold him to the standards of regular people. You know, you got like here's right. your gold star, Trump. He get his participation trophy. Here's your gold star, and your steak with ketchup on it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think that's it. I'm, I think that was the last. Oh no, there's one more, right? Uh, it was just about R. Kelly and Jesse Smollett uh, and their mugshots taken at the same. <laughs> Sixteen counts. Can you make? Can you make this make sense, Colin? Sixteen counts for Jesse. Yeah, they just, so here's the thing about Jesse. So everybody was out there, especially I know them celebrities are mad. You know they mad because they were out there showing their ass, just talking, standing up for him immediately, talking about how terrible it is. And then you're going to come out and find out that it was not, not only was it faked, but you hired two Nigerian dudes to do it. I mean, you had to, you hired, you went, everybody was talking about, oh, you go back to Africa. And blah blah yeah he he did he went he went back to the origin to the cradle of civilization to find black people to fake this and I'm like yo and I knew it was something I just it wasn't one time because usually I comment on stuff when it hits the news wire and stuff like that something about it this didn't seem right so and 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 what I told people about it was people so there's two there's two kinds of people out there that are like if they're wearing a Make America Great Again hat that's gonna do some stuff you got one who if they see Jesse Smollett, they're just going to kill him because they're in a clan. They're not going to waste their time beating you up and let you live to tell the story. They're going to do it like the old days and kill you and then drag you behind a truck or whatever, just hang you, right? The rest of them are cowards. They ain't going to do anything. So that part didn't add up to me because I was like, and also like, People that are racist aren't watching the Empire. So, like, how do you even know? That's what I said. How do they know who he is? You don't even know who he is, number one. So they knew who he was. They knew his sexuality. All of that. I'm like, so no. So 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 all of that aside, though, I knew he was done when the police chief that came out as the spokesman and the the the, the city's the district attorney or whoever she was, assistant district attorney or district attorney, 
both of them black that were doing the interviews on TV and stuff about the case. I was like, oh, he's done. Like, because there's one thing, it's kind of like South Carolina and they, how the, you know, there's racism everywhere. But South Carolina has what I like to call dinner table racism, where you can feel free to be as racist as you want in private, but don't you dare embarrass us in front of company. So that's why, like, when people were, like, talking about the dude that shot the guy in Charleston, the police officer, they were like, oh, it's going to be another cop that gets off, like, blah, blah. I was like, no, they're going to put him under the jail because South Carolina, he embarrassed South Carolina in front of company. So you allowed to call everybody all sorts of the N-words and everything else in private, but not, not in public. Don't you dare ruin, besmirch the good name of the southern hospitality of South Carolina in public. And that's the same thing that I think Jesse did when you got a black police chief and a black district attorney and you out here showing your ass. You out here embarrassing all of us. We got real problems to deal with. You out here faking stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah. So, so there. That's how he's got 16 counts. And he's probably going to be guilty on all 16 of the counts. It'll be the first time that a black man goes before a jury of his peers and all 12 members of that jury are black as hell. They're going to make sure there's a black jury. <laughs> And you know what? Nobody came out. Terrence Howard came and said a little something. But like it made me feel like because his whole family is in the industry and he got a whole TV show behind him and nobody came out and said nothing. I feel like some people probably think he's capable of this shit. I feel like his family was like, oh, here go Jesse with his goddamn drama. <laughs> yep. Like that time he set up the goddamn cookie jar <laughs> when we was 12. And like I feel like they like, he could do this shit. <laughs> He probably done did some shit with Lee Daniels on the set. And they out there like, man, this just like that time he goddamn took all our scripts and added some shit on the bottom of it and tried to yeah. act like it was. Like, I feel like the fact that nobody came to your aid that knows you the most, that is really, really sketchy to me. Yep. You know? Yep. 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 I just, it just didn't feel right. I mean, I just, something was wrong with it. And I, you know. Then it, then it came out how much money he was making per episode with Empire. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, he was mad about the contract and mad about his pay. It was like some something like $60-something thousand dollars an episode that he was making. Because it wasn't Terrence Howard and Taraji money. <clears throat> yeah, but you ain't Terrence Howard and Taraji. <laughs> True. You ain't there yet. You know, you, you got a long career. Because he's, he's in his 20s, right? He's young. I think so. Yeah, I mean, you got a long career to, to build it up and yeah. just get out there and- <laughs> but Lee Daniels also gave you a platform to act and to be a singer in it and to promote your music. Like yeah. he legitimately could have, even if he like got wrote off the show or Empire got canceled, he legitimately looking at a music career before all of this shit. Yep. Yeah, or other other jobs, acting or you know all all sorts of things by you know being out there and then the same thing with the sexuality too. Like you end up doing a lot more damage. To the community, then you then you're helping. You could have been helping, even though you're not the star in the show. You could have been helping just by, like you just said, doing the singing and having a role on that show. And but no, now they now look at him. You ain't had no career now. You mad about the sixty-seven thousand or whatever it was? You can have zero thousand. That's what you gonna have. <laughs> ain't lying. I hope you're saving that money. Before we get into the questions that were asked specifically to him, uh, so you were at one point a lawyer. Is that correct? I, I am a lawyer. You are a lawyer. Oh, yes. Well, are you practicing? Uh, not private practice, but yeah. Okay. So, you, uh, this has maybe nothing to do with law or lawyering, but so last week, um, this older white man came into where I work, probably 60. He's a lawyer. 
and he was coming looking for services for his client. Um, and the story started off so very wrong, <laughs> or not wrong, but like the whole situation. So they called me and another lady to the front. She does this program called Parenting Matters, where dads in the community that may owe child support but who aren't working can come to this program, learn job skills, you know, get out out clothing for interviews and get a job so that they can catch up on the child support payment. So he wanted to know about that program, which this guy um, is an engineer, so he don't need that program. <laughs> um, but it's a couple from India. They have two kids, and they're getting a divorce. And he was looking for like maybe some anger management for the husband. I was like, okay, you know what happened? And he said, well, the wife accused the husband of domestic violence. And he was like, well, when I first talked to the guy, he's so composed and, you know, he keeps his house really neat. And, you know, I really believed him when he said that he didn't abuse his wife. But then when I met with her, she was more believable than he was. And so now I feel like uh, he's lying to me. What this did for me <laughs> is showed me just another situation in where white people don't really have to think about culture. Immediately, the first thing that I heard when he said that he had this couple from India was, okay, they're from India, and Indian mm -hmm. culture is going to be a bit different from American culture. Okay, India is a lot more patriarchal. So, with that being the case, their relationship and what's normal and natural for their relationship is going to be different. And I would feel like as a lawyer, you would need to have that understanding too to best help your client. I would assume. Is that okay? So yeah, I mean, there beyond. So in listening to that, there's already. So this is this is a. Nothing, nothing that is uh, stated on this podcast uh, should be construed as uh, legal advice or as the establishment of an attorney-client relationship. Uh, so, <laughs> that being said... Um, Michael Cohen did this to every lawyer in, in the country. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to like talk about another uh, member of my profession um, necessarily, but... Is he I'm still not... a member of your profession? Who, that dude? Michael Cohen. Oh, you're talking oh, about the lawyers you're talking about. Oh. Uh, Michael Cohen is not. No, he's okay. he is no longer a lawyer. Um, I'm talking about this dude in this okay. in the story that Reg just told. Um, so it, it, I'm curious as to the quality of advice that this dude, the kind of quality of lawyer that he is, because the the one problem, number one, you know, obviously privilege, attorney client privilege, like I just said, was is a is a big deal. I mean, unless you're about to you unless you your client or somebody immediately like close to your client is in immediate grave danger of like serious bodily harm or death privilege is like it's privilege you can have a client that walks in and is like yeah i literally just bought 30,000 pounds of cocaine and i flipped them and but that's not what i'm here for i'm here for my divorce and that's it. It's privilege. That's like you. That's it's, it's all a secret until you go to the grave. Right? <laughs> the fact that he's coming in there and just telling you all this stuff about the story up front is about his client. You know, air quotes. People can't see that on the. <laughs> no, they can't. I use I use client loosely because it, there obviously there's no uh, privilege relationship there. If he's just coming in and telling you their whole life story, 
Um, which also there's the other part. He's telling you their life story because he indicated that he met with both the husband and the wife. Yes. That's a big no, no. You can't represent clients that have adverse interests. It's a conflict of interest. It's like any, any other thing, you know, and it's, it's for, you know, because they're adverse, you have to go and see somebody else. It's a part of the ethics rules. But then also that attorney client privilege rule applies to where if you end up representing the same pair the husband and wife, the privilege is gone. It extends between those two people. So anything that I tell, like, let's, for example, with entertain a hypothetical that Mr. On Point and Calamity Red were married and they both came to me as a lawyer and you both told me something and then you left and then one of you came back individually and told me I am obligated by the professional rules to tell the other person because that's how the privilege works. So I don't know if he's that good of a lawyer. I don't even know if he's a lawyer at all. He said he was, but... <laughs> well. uh, so the rest of it is that, you know, he he seemed very stuck on the fact that he felt like, you know, the husband lied. But what I told him was uh, what you didn't take into consideration is is culture, because white people don't have to take culture into consideration when but, they look at things. But a lot of but so a lot of and I say all of at least the white lawyers who I know all take culture into account Really? because that's. Because the types of people that typically go to law school are the kinds of people that are a little bit more cultured and a little bit more intellectually curious. And mm. law schools generally tend to law schools and the and the legal profession generally tend to tends to lean more progressive or more to the left overall than than it does being more conservative. Not necessarily well, he's older, like, he's but an just older in, white man uh, in Alabama who <laughs> might have gone to law school. Yeah. a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, but if he's practicing family law, I mean, you got to be. You know, it's just that's 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 weird. I mean, maybe he's it's probably it's time for him to be put out the pasture and retire. <laughs> well, I mean, so, you know, the wife and the husband could both be right in this situation. And he was like, how could they both be right? Well, they are from India, like from they, they moved here from India. So they both were born and raised in India. And so what is deemed a regular relationship there is not going to be abusive. And so the husband isn't going to feel like he's being abusive because in his culture, he's not. The wife can come over here, become Americanized as that has a tendency to happen. You know, have other people looking at their relationship saying, oh, he shouldn't be treating you that way. He shouldn't be saying those things to you. He shouldn't put his hands on you. And so now for her, it is abuse where it wasn't abuse when they lived in india and so they can both be right so like the whole like he you know he's not being honest it's like no they're both being honest but their perspective for her has shifted while his perspective has remained the same and he was like well you know how can how can i fix that you don't fix somebody's culture you don't what you do hold on lawyer ask you how do you fix that yeah i don't know motherfucker you're the lawyer you're supposed to be able to figure it out (laughs) he needs to retire So, so he came to you for a consultation. Yes. So, tell me this, Colin, as a lawyer, when you consult, can you give the information that he gave without any identifying information? Because yeah, as, as counselors, as counselors, we can, I can consult with anybody as long as there's no way for you to identify those clients in the worst case scenario. If Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> if I told Sherlock Holmes, if I were consulting with him. If he could find out, I've given too much. But it, as long as we can keep them from being able to find out who it is, we can consult with whoever. How many? How many? In that part of Alabama, how many Indian families are running around? <laughs> not enough. Not, not, I mean, not, not enough. Not enough in a small enough area where he is. And all you got to do is put in Google his 
name and what areas he serviced, and then now you limited yeah. to like one county, probably. True. So I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, you can you because you know we you can always ask colleagues for for like what they think. I mean, contrary to what a lot of people think, lawyers ask other lawyers for legal advice a lot of times, and you you but you have to be measured. I mean. I probably would have come and said, hey, I have a client who um, is from a different country uh, or maybe the the idea of what it constitutes domestic violence is a little bit different. He's been accused of this. You know, how do I but reconcile or that's it? Like for him, when I said that about, oh, they're from a different, he was like, I never thought about that. Like he didn't have the piece of it's nah, different. He, <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to go ahead and hang him up like this time. Put the jersey in the rafters. So I actually don't even do that because they only do that for people that are like Hall of Fame. So you ain't Hall of Fame if you can't think like that. They just need to go ahead and go ahead and run that little line on the bottom of the sports center thing that says so and so retired, and that's it. That's all you get. Well, in my response to his question about how do we change his his opinions is that you don't right for somebody that is from India who feels that you know the family is supposed to be set up this way, whatever. I am not gonna tell that person that they are wrong. What I am gonna tell you is that you have chosen to live in America. And so by American That's law, your ass can be arrested for doing this shit, okay? Feel how you want to. You know, I'm not here to make a judgment call on whether it's right or wrong. But what I'm telling you is that you need to, but the same way that if I went to India, I would not be able to go over there and be like, I'm American, you can't cheat me this way. I'm an American woman, I say what the fuck I want to say. That would not work. <laughs> right. You have to be cognizant of where you're living and so, while you can hold on to your culture, the things that are going to get you into legal trouble here, you're going to have to kind of reevaluate as far as acting upon them. Because you ain't going to change somebody's culture. I don't know how old this, this man is or the couple is, but regardless, this is something that has been, you know, bred into them their whole lives. This is how he believes. And so that's so American to think that we got to go save everybody and everybody needs to think the way that we think. I have no problem with him thinking the way that he does. I'm not going to marry him because he's not going to put his fucking hands on me. But <laughs> you can still respect the culture. You know what I'm saying? And so you don't change his culture. You help him acclimate and recognize that he's going to keep getting locked up and keep getting into bullshit if he don't stop it. <laughs> but yeah. The biggest issue is that you got a lawyer who and conceptualizing that culture got something else to do with it. Like he is just applying all of America's standards to other people. And and but the reality is, I worked with somebody who was from um, from uh, a, a country in Asia that had certain type of standards. And the way that he talked about, he said that kids were kids are not respected. Period. Like and abuse is normal for kids and. It's expected. Like when kids do certain things, they expect to be like severely abused, you know. And he said that's just the way it is. He said the men are expected to be able to hit women and hit children, and the elders they say that you should get in line, woman, you know. Mm -hmm. And it, it I, just, I knew it was different, but like until I interacted with somebody from that culture, I really didn't know it was that extreme. Mm -hmm. But I also, when I first met him, I said, you're going to teach me about your culture, I'm going to teach you about my culture. But So even if a lawyer didn't interact with that, that Indian family, like it's still his obligation to say, 
Uh, teach me about your culture. Let me help me understand how this looks in your country. I'm gonna help you out understand how it looks over here if you do these and things. And what the law says. Yeah, exactly. Because that's a very important part in why people do what they do. Like I said, the husband very well could have thought he was not being abusive, and he probably confused the shit because it's like I was laughing up when we were over there when she got out of line. She got out of line. I hit her. Not abuse. Yeah. For him, because of yeah. where he is culturally, but. It was just a, a very weird... And then, like, before he left, he was like, you know, we live in the greatest country ever. All right, MAGA. The fuck out of for you, <laughs> old white man. But you ain't going to get no no daps over here for, <laughs> for that shit. Bye. But it was just a weird experience. Um, and his him just having no concept of how culture could have played a part in this dispute, how culture... Um, would have a, a a part in why the husband was treating the wife the way that she was or why the wife might now feel like it's different because that happens a lot of times. Women from some of these cultures where they're a lot more submissive come over here and get around bitches like me? <laughs> like, girl, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Don't let him treat you like that, girl. What you got on all that makeup for? <laughs> Them eyes black. <laughs> Girl, you better call the popo. You better call a lawyer. <laughs> like, yeah, don't come, don't like, come, come the, so my brother, my oldest brother, was uh, in the military and he was stationed in Japan. And he married him a woman from Japan, met her brother over here. When I tell you he was a dickhead to her, we, uh, me and him fought so hard about this because... I do know that her culture is to be more submissive, which is fine. And that's the reason why he got her, because he doesn't like black women. Whole another story. I don't want to get up on my blood pressure up, so I'm not going to get into that. But he <laughs> prefers to not date black women. So he went and got him somebody that was going to be really submissive. Fine. That's fine. But he was taking advantage of her culture, and that shit drove me crazy. They were at my parents' house when their oldest daughter was a baby. And Seiko, which is his wife, was holding the baby. And the baby dropped something behind the couch. Do you know this Negro took the baby out of Seiko's hands and had her go behind that goddamn couch and get that toy? Seiko is all in 95 pounds. You got her moving this couch that way more than her. Why? You gonna hold the baby, bitch? Oh, we got into such a bad... Because <laughs> I was like, you ain't shit. You know that? <laughs> and now you just taking advantage of it. But guess what? That's fine. That's why she divorced his ass and why his kids are in Japan and he's still having to pay child support because they're American citizens. So fuck him. <laughs> she should have left his ass. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, the law will get you. <laughs> get your motherfucker. The long arm of the law. Yep. He still has to pay child support. They're in Japan. Last I checked, they were in Japan. I don't think she was. Move back over here. So, <clears throat> so I, uh, in, in, uh, in graduate school, I took a skills course, and the professor said that you know y'all take this skills course, and lawyers take this skills course as well. But they used to. They stopped letting lawyers take the skills course at some points and just let it be for counselors. And he said because y'all lawyers and counselors use the same set of active listening skills. It's yeah. just that like counselors use them to. Um, to uh, hone in on the issue and bring it out to enrich a whole st situation mm -hmm. to help you solve a problem. Lawyers kind of hone in on something to make it the focal point of whatever 
defense or dialogue that they trying to have in that situation. So mm-hmm. we use the same skills, and the way he framed it is, counselors use it for good, lawyers use it for evil. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> he think, you know, he thinking about the worst case scenario. He talking about he thinking about Jim Carrey from Liar Liar and shit. You know, he ain't he ain't thinking about like those lawyers that use that to defend people who fucking up. But yeah, we get a bad rap. Yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. So let's get into these questions directed at you. So, government name, shout out to government name, Shogun and Cole Jackson had some questions for you uh, that they wanted to throw. One was he wanted to know how you found us. Like, how you found the podcast. Oh, that's easy. It was just because uh, me and Mr. On Point were friends on Facebook and he was posting about it. Okay. And I was, I'll give it a listen. And it was good. And I've been listening ever since. Nice. Okay. And I don't know, too. Two, two or more years now. Yeah, that's about how long we've been doing it. I cannot believe we've been doing this. Yeah, Is it longer than that? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> um, so we got 107 some episodes. Oh, yeah. so that's 52 episodes do, a do. year. Yeah. Yeah, a little over, over two years. Almost three three years in. Yeah, right? three, uh, three in a little bit. Damn. Uh, updates on his old ex trying to come back. Oh, the one that was slid into the LinkedIn DMs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she slid so, into the obscure DM. Like she didn't even come into the regular ass DM. So I, so I never heard from her again. To, uh, to be a hundred percent honest, she, um, I wrote her back, and uh, actually she, so she, the the initial. So when I wrote that in, she had only sent like the initial message, and that's the one that I put in there. And I responded back and was like, "Hey, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Everything's everything's going well. Like, you know, how are you doing?" Now was catch up question. And she was. She responded with like, "Oh, like I'm at home, like having some wine and watching the the great uh, British baking show on TV. It's you know Friday night, Friday night in, like blah blah." And I wrote back and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool. Like I've I've watched that show before on Netflix, and they got the the American version, which is not not as good as the British version, but yeah, I watched it before. It sounds like a pretty cool night. Like, and that was it. And you know, you can see when somebody has seen your message." So she saw it, but she never wrote back again after that. She didn't continue the conversation. So, I mean, I feel like it was definitely a DM slide. Mm-hmm. So, because when she, so when she, we were talking a little bit back and forth, out she was like, "Oh, you working at the company that you're working at? I'm not gonna put it out here." But, and she was like, "I'm working at a startup," and I so I initially was thinking like, "Oh, she's just seen, she just saw my new title on LinkedIn, and she's trying to slide over here to try to be like." Hey, let me send you my resume, blah, blah. Because that happens every time you get a new job somewhere, especially when it's like lawyer and stuff like that. People come out of the woodwork and be like wanting like to try to get the hookup. So, but when she didn't take it there and started talking about her Friday night, I was like, and then she said she was having some wine. I was like, oh, so here's what I think happened. So did I tell the rest of the story about what happened? I don't know if I wrote it in there about how it, uh, like how, how it, we, she became an ex. So to speak. I want to say you did, but so, I don't. Just go ahead and refresh us. Recap, real quick recap. I met her when I was in law school. She was married to this dude in the Marine Corps. They got a divorce like a year or two after that. A couple of years passed. She hits me up on Facebook talking about, "Hey, what are you up to?" I'm like, "Nothing. I'm in South Carolina doing nothing." So, went out to go meet up with her. Hung out with her one weekend. We start talking to each other. You know, we did you know some stuff extracurricular. And then after that, we were like, you know, kind of 
you know, talking back and forth, hanging out. I went out. She moved uh, from North Carolina because she was still there after she divorced her husband out to Denver where her sister lived to move in with her. So I flew out to Denver to go see her. She was like, I want to see you, you know, come out of Denver. I was like, all right. So I went out for a long weekend, more extracurricular, hanging out. Good date, good date weekend. I'm like, yo, this chick's pretty cool. It's, it's kind of long distance, but I'm a single dude with disposable income. Like, I could fly to Denver, you know, once a month. That's no big deal. It's only a two and a half, two, two hour and 45 minutes from DC. Who cares? I get back and I'm trying to talk to her about, like, hey, like, you know, you should come out back to DC sometime. Come hang out with me. She totally flipped the script. It was like, she's like, oh, no, uh, you should move on because we're never going to be together in the way that you want it. Wait a minute. We're, you know, I don't want to date you. I don't want to be with you. So just move on. And, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to talk to you again. Wow. Like, we're straight up. Uh, and I was like, well, this is kind of confusing, but okay. That's, that's what's up. So, so I left, hung out, went on the rest of my life, hadn't heard from her until that LinkedIn message. So I was like, oh, I know what this is. You've been married about five years to the dude that you left me for. And so you got you got some trouble on the home front, and you have a little bit of wine on a Friday night, and you scrolling through LinkedIn looking thirsty, trying to hit, trying to hit me up, trying to see what I'm about. And I if was. If you had said something, if you had said like you didn't play the game because you were like, oh yeah, that's a nice show. <laughs> if you had not, played into not the whole wine and you know settled in, nah. she you, it would have went differently. Nah, the only way it would have went differently. And I really, really only started dating the new person pretty right about the same time. But it wasn't, nothing was official, official. And so I was like, you know, if there could be a chance of one more extracurricular session, you know, maybe I could have before, you know, so, but, uh, but nah, she never responded. And so, I don't know. So, but yeah, I, I knew exactly what it was. As soon as she was talking about the wine and watching TV, and I was like, oh, yeah, you, yeah, okay. I know what you're doing. <laughs> but no, to answer the question from Governing Podcast, I haven't heard from her since. So. <laughs> uh, let's see. Shogun. We don't want to put names of where he work out here. Okay. So. Uh. Shogun wants to know how you feel about the new Facebook focus on privacy. So I do not work at Facebook. So the, I, I do work in the in the tech industry, but I don't work at Facebook. So this is also the same thing, was, like I said before, about the not legal advice. So this is not me speaking from my position that in the event that somebody were to find out where I work. It's not me speaking as an employee of my employer. <laughs> it's, just, it's just me personal, follow, you know, knowing about the stuff and thinking about it. Um, I think it's late. I think they're really late to the game on that. They're much later than my employer is and our other competitors. Um, I also don't personally, as just Colin, I don't think Zuckerberg is that smart. Um, I think he was smart enough when he was at Harvard to develop Facebook as a platform, you know, early on. And, you know, it takes some some skill to do something like that. But I just don't think he's that smart when it comes to business and everything else. Um, I think he's in over his head. Um, yeah. And I think they're really late to the game. And I don't I and, you know, there's a lot of lack of trust for Facebook in the in the court of public opinion. And it's probably for good reason. So I would be, you know, suspect about their newfound all of a sudden going to be focused on privacy. Where the hell you been? Everybody else been focused on privacy for 10 years. You know, why are you only focusing on it now? Because you're getting dragged in the, in the media. So, 
Change your passwords, people. Say what? So, change your passwords. <laughs> disable uh, disable two-factor authentication on your Facebook page. That's when you get a code texted to your phone number to log in. Facebook have been caught actually selling your phone numbers off to telemarketers. So, so yeah, there's a lot of that's what I'm saying. The focus on privacy is like, okay, so what are you going to do to to fix all the stuff that you've been screwing up? You know, pretty pretty badly for at least the last five years that people know about. So they've had an ongoing communication and investigation with the Federal Trade Commission for, or it might be the Federal Communications Commission. I always get the FTC and FCC confused since 2011. So they've been talking to the government about what they're doing with people's data and privacy since 2011, basically being, getting investigated. So, and that's public knowledge. You can go on the website. I, again, I don't remember if it's FTC or FCC, and you can just Google it and find it. The last question, um, being a lawyer, <laughs> do you read the terms and services? No, I don't read terms and services. For you, okay. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. I don't read terms and services. <laughs> I read them. I read them when I have to review them for my job or when I'm writing new ones. But uh, well, now I don't read them, so I just click I agree because you don't agree anyway. If you want to use it, you can't. What if you if you disagree, you can't use the service. So true. Yeah, so if you gotta use it, you gotta agree anyway. I just but, don't like. I don't like that. We get pigeonholed into shit like it's like once they find out it's pop once we make it an integral part of your existence we're gonna make you sign shit just to use it yeah pretty much so but some companies some companies are, are better than others with how they once you agree and you because they you know they collect the, some of the data and stuff that you submit or that you're posting or whatever some companies are better than others at protecting it or limiting what they actually take and use or you know stuff like that well, I'll give you an example I'm not gonna say not gonna name names but everybody likes to use things I'll, I'll name some names everybody likes to use things like Siri right mm-hmm. and people like to use Alexa if you're thinking about all those different assistants out he, there he has Alexa you he triggered it too <laughs> <laughs> the one in the kitchen is cool but it's pretty good right yeah like you can ask her anything and she can she knows right yeah. Siri's okay. Do you think of any other of them out there that are maybe not that good? That you're like, man, that one's trash. So, because I can think of one, and I'll tell you later. But <laughs> there's a reason why it's trash. Because the only way that the machine, like machine learning and artificial intelligence, the only way the machine can learn is if you teach it. If you don't teach it a whole bunch of stuff, you don't give it a bunch of data, you don't collect a bunch of your customers' data and give it to the other service to use, it's not going to be a great digital assistant. Oh, I got you. So what you're saying it's possible, it's possible that the one that is most trash is mm-hmm. probably the people who are more so not trying to collect a lot of your data in order to be a better system. And in order for them to be a fantastic system, it got to gather a whole bunch of your data. That's right. Hmm. Interesting. So Alexa, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, what kind of legal credence would we have if something that we would use and slipped in some old bullshit in their terms and services? Like, like in in the context of how the law looks at terms and conditions, does it have to be reasonably in what 
um, yeah, what their what their service provides. Like they can't say something like you know, uh, if you don't if you don't send us a hundred dollars in the next five years, we can legally come after you for some. Like they can't put no bullshit bullshit in there, and we, yeah, we be held to that that. Yeah, yeah. So the, all those like the ter- terms terms of use um, or terms and conditions from for different applications or whatever are all governed by the general concepts of contract law in the U.S. At least in the U.S. So there's you know all the different you know appellate cases out there that are like the case law that covered contractual terms and everything. That's why you see stuff like class action lawsuits. That's when people find bullshit in there and then they, they form the class action lawsuit to make the company have to pay for it or change or stuff like that. So that's the remedy usually is to sue the company for having a term in their in their their contract essentially. That's it's still a contract. They're offering you the terms and the application and use and you accept it by saying you accept you accept the contract. So um, you know, the, in Europe, they've got the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, so it's a lot better at that. Where like they companies can't like do anything with it, really. I mean, it's like made it a lot really, really difficult to use. And a lot of companies, particularly the technology companies, who you know are like the big software and hardware type companies, have even if they're based in the United States, like Google, Amazon, Microsoft, other ones, even though they're based there, they've basically made all of their practices consistent with what the European regulation is because it's the most strict. So, but yeah, that's the only remedy really is like if it's, if there's some bullshit in there is people will file class action lawsuits and make them pay for it. Okay. So They had a whole South Park episode where like Apple had put some crazy shit in the terms and conditions and they like was giving their lives away or something. It was something <laughs> extreme like yeah. South Park do. And I was like, man, could, like, could they do that? Even if it wasn't bad, bad. Like, if it was just some little bullshit, like, in 20 years, they're going to bring up in 2007, you apply to these terms and conditions and you're fucked up. You're <laughs> fucked up, Mr. On Point. Your life mine. Give me all your assets. <laughs> like, I don't want that shit to go down. <laughs> But I had a question before we move on to. Um, I know you have some experience in the military, and um, and I'm just interested because my granddaddy, the message of my granddaddy, as far as the military goes, was I don't want none of my grandkids to go to the military. None of us have gone to the military. Now he was in a different military. I mean, as far from my perspective, from what he talked about, like the shit you could do then that he told us stories about, I don't see you being able to do now. But like, what what kind of message would you approve of, as far as if you're talking to a man that has sons? What messages would be appropriate, you think, as it pertains to the military, given your experience? Hmm. What would be your message to your your sons one day or daughters? I mean, I think it's something that anybody, nobody should ever pressure their kids to want to do it. So, and that kind of goes for anything. Like, you shouldn't be trying to pressure your kid to be a small forward if they don't want to play basketball or whatever, you know, because it's just kind of like Rev was saying about counselors and their kids and people be fucking their kids up by having, you know, just not having their own shit together as a parent to be a nurturing and loving parent. So that that general part about it aside, the military has good things and bad things, like almost anything. Um, although where I work now, I don't, there's not a lot of bad. So I'm really happy with uh, where I'm at now. So um, a lot of the, a lot of stuff, you know, it's it's not for it's not for everybody. Um, it's it, it takes a 
you got to be pretty resilient in a lot of different ways to make a long career out of it or get lucky and have like a really great time pretty much the whole time, have great assignments. I mean, I have people, I have friends who went from, they were stationed at Fort Carson in Colorado and they were big time into skiing. And so they were basically skiing every weekend when they weren't deployed and then got stationed in Hawaii after that and then got stationed you know, somewhere else really awesome back to DC or whatever. So like if that's your career in the military, you're going to think the military is great because they paid you to go live near great ski resorts and at the beach and in DC and a major city and all this other cool stuff. But if you have maybe some of the experience that I did where all of the units that I was in were some bullshit, <laughs> it can be really, really painful. And you know, you, you, I would tell anybody if they decide to join a sign up, because you don't know what it is until you get there. The first time that you wake up one day or you're at work or you're doing something and they're doing something and like I was at one point and you're looking around and you're thinking, man, this is some stupid shit. I'm like, why, why are we doing this this way? This is pretty stupid. That's when it's time to start thinking about going to do something else because it's only going to be the same the rest of the way. Like there's, there are things in the, in the military that for the, the rest of society, they just do not make any sense. And unless you're the type of person that can just grin and bear it and just roll with it, just just go do something else. It's not the end all be all. They make it seem like the benefits are that great and that you can't give them up and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, you can find good employment anywhere. And you can also, you know, you shouldn't be giving up your happiness for anything that, you know, is not, not making you feel good. There's nothing, nothing worth, no amount of money or benefits or whatever worth being miserable. So I would just tell them, you know, you just make sure it's something that you want to do. I'm not going to, you know, pressure my kids. I went to the military academy for college. I'm not going to pressure my kids one day if I have kids to go to the military academy. I don't want them to, you know, they don't have to join up or enlist or anything if they don't want to. And if they come to me and say they want to do it, then, you know, I'll support them 100%. But I'll tell them the same thing. As soon as you're not having fun, you can do something else. There's no no reason to be to feel like you got to be the next General Colin Powell or whatever. Yeah. So. Okay. And, and, it's, and, you know, and, and to your granddaddy's point, it's still a lot of racism in the army and in the military too. And it's not not you know as prevalent, but there you know there are people out there that are that are like that, and there's people like that who are like that who are in charge. So, and they're real real smart about um, using it in a way that it doesn't come off as abject racism in your face. So, I watched a kid who was uh, a white officer who got caught doing cocaine get a slap on the wrist and get returned to duty. And then I watched the same commander want to run a young black soldier up out of the army for smoking marijuana. So wow. both of those things are both of those things federally, federal are on the schedule of of drugs on in the federal system. So what so why, you know, and if you do any scientific research, one of those is significantly worse than the other one. But so why did the one guy get just a local reprimand and get sent back to go lead his soldiers and the other kid, he wanted to court martial him and do everything else to him. So this is also the same commander who looked at another soldier's record for a little potential domestic violence thing when I was advising him and said, well, I got the problem right here. It says that he's atheist. This is religion. He ain't have any God in his life. And I was like, oh you can't, you can't say, you can't, now I can't do anything. I can't, do anything with this case now. You just tainted the entire case. Like, I can't do anything with this now. <laughs> so you should have just said nothing. You should have just said, let's court-martial him. I would have disagreed because I didn't think it was, it wasn't domestic violence. It was like 
they were wrestling and like she got mad because he fell on her. It's like all sorts of stories that like that's all the other thing too. They gotta be you gotta be ready for some other bullshit if you join the military. So because it sounds like Red, your brother, there was some bullshit there too. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's all kinds of stuff. Where it's like you know what I mean. Like it's just I don't know. So yeah. Do it if you want to. Don't do it if you don't want to. If you're not sure, do something else. That's what I'm telling them. And then when it's not fun anymore, get out. It'll be fine. You can always come home. We'll keep try to keep your room up for you. You know, might might try to convert it into something else, but like a home <laughs> gym. But you know, you can always come home. <laughs> That's good, objective, and respectful dialogue for a uh, for somebody that's raising a kid. That's good input. Okay, well, that is all of the questions. If you have a question you'd like for us to answer on the show, you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artist, and send it to us that way. Um, have either of you watched the full R. Kelly interview with Gail? No. Nope. Oh, and I'm not going to watch it. Me either. <laughs> Why are y'all not going to watch it? Because I already know that R. Kelly, the only thing I needed to see was Michael Avenatti. He was a lawyer also, said that he handed over some tapes because one of his clients apparently is one of the abused women. Mm-hmm. Alleged. And that in that tape, and this was on, I think it was on CNN where they had the quote, R. Kelly is allegedly heard to say on the, on the tape, show daddy that 14-year-old booty hole. <laughs> I don't need to watch the interview. I know R. Kelly said this shit. Because <laughs> he's an old head. And that and booty hole is an old head term. <laughs> I don't even see the interview. <laughs> that's that's it. I have not watched the whole thing. I just want to be Gail when I grow up because <laughs> her level of I don't give a fuck about you sitting here cutting a fool, like she was not here for it. She was not here for it at all. Facially, she was like, I uh, Robert, you done. <laughs> Is you finished or is you done? She was not with it at all. Like, he up yelling, this is my life, y'all trying to ruin my life. And she was just sitting there the whole time like, uh-huh. Okay. Like, <laughs> I endeavor to be that level of no fucks given. I feel like she might have been enduring years of domestic violence. Why? She was very conditioned to just be very still in that very aggressive moment. Look, when you get tired of somebody's bullshit, like, I feel like you can sit there and just be like, look at this nigga. Look at this nigga up here (laughs) putting on this goddamn show. Or maybe I'm looking at it backwards. Maybe she been abusing her husband. (laughs) Maybe maybe she's untouchable. (laughs) Maybe she was sitting in that bitch like, I wish he would. (laughs) Would do him like I do Stanley ass. (laughs) Like, that's Oprah friend, right? Yeah. Is she in this position because she Oprah friend, or was she something before? She Gail has uh, Gail's paved her own way. I feel like I think that I'm sure her being Oprah's friend hadn't hurt, but I wouldn't say she's in the position because of Oprah. No. R. Kelly just might as well set himself on fire instead of doing another interview. He oh, just, he's he, just not good at these interviews. He's not saying anything that helps himself. All he has to say is, I am not a pedophile. These he are the moments. Say that. that what? He couldn't even say that. He couldn't say it. That's all we need you to say. All we need to hear you say is, I am not a pedophile. He can't say it, though. 
I want somebody to ask him if anybody ever told him the real story of the Pied Piper. That's what I want to know. I want to know if he know that. Like, I was like, yeah, ask him about the Pied Piper stuff. Please ask him if he knows about kids disappearing and never you coming back. You think he only knows the Disney version where it was the rats? I don't think he knows shit. I think somebody <laughs> told him, hey, you should call yourself the Pied Piper. He was like, okay. It's That's crazy. the only thing that makes sense to me. It's so creepy how spot on nah. He's people like that are so calculated, you know, damn well. He, <laughs> he was out there while he was building up his harem of 14 year old girls sitting there, you know, probably drinking Hennessy or whatever he likes to drink or eating McDonald's because apparently he got out of jail and went straight to McDonald's in Chicago <laughs> and was saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call myself the Pied Piper. <laughs> I make children disappear. Like, probably was. He probably did. I'm going to get away with this shit for 20 years. <laughs> I'm going to put out a hit and fuck some kids. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they have... He I, do seem like the easy G. He do. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he was on some Kaza Soze shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all seen... Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? The movie, um... Oh, shit. Do you know what you're talking about? The movie with Kevin Spacey in it where he telling the story. Usual Suspects. Mm, mm-mm. I seen that. Y'all ain't seen it. I'm gonna spoil the shit out of this movie for you. It's old anyway. Anyway, he pretty much in a room with an interrogator the whole time, talking about this heist that these guys tried to pull off. And he's using all kinds of data around the room to make up this whole story. And he's walking with a limp and a crutch and everything. And at the end, uh, it show him walking out, and he essentially walk walk out of the police department with his little limp, and then he start walking straight. And he turn around and give one of them like evil, evil smiles that a villain gives. <laughs> and then he keep and then he keep going on like, I knew I got away with all that shit. Like, I feel like it wouldn't surprise me if R. Kelly was just like Colin saying, if he was on some as soon as them charges dropped, it would surprise me if he said, Yeah, I fucked all them girls. And I asked to see all they 14 year old booty holes. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> I did. I pissed on them all too. They liked it. God, the but the part of a part of me say the only thing that R. Kelly, Kelly can really calculate is when a, a, a sixteen year old got too old for him. <laughs> that's a part of that's a part of because like I don't see why he would play this stupid as far as his money go, as far as his interview go, as far as his present. He would play all these levels of stupid just to be smart, just to fuck kids intelligently, like to get away <laughs> with that system. You like I let people take over my money because all I really want, all I really want out of life, Santa Claus, is to fuck kids under sixteen. That's all I want. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the fame. If I can just have sex with underage kids, I'll be all right. I just it don't make sense that he would do that. He would be really smart to be able to calculate that shit, but he ain't never been to Bank of America to see how much money he got. What? <laughs> like. When that first child came out and they had this fucking tape, why? I, I, that tape made it all the way around the internet too. By the way, and there was no that tape made it all the way around the internet it did. too. But uh, and, I, and because of that, I'm saying maybe not destroy all the other tapes, but like you would stop making tapes. So what? <laughs> stop making tapes. He got to go back and watch it. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> He has to go relive it because once the girls get too old, you can't do it with them again. So he just have to live through when they used to be fourteen, I guess. But like, why did you 
keep making these goddamn tapes? They didn't found two more now. And you know what? For <laughs> Michael Avenatti to get these tapes, somebody in his crew, somebody done flipped on R. Oh, Kelly. Yeah. Michael Avenatti got paid somebody like hell for them tapes. And Michael Avenatti giving out the ducats. He giving out money for this this kind of stuff. <laughs> he was giving out mad loot for information I on Trump. I had one of them tapes. I to give it out so hit. Well, how much? <laughs> Let's make a deal. <laughs> yeah. He was paying. R. Kelly's so, so nasty. I would have given up a tape for free. I mean, like, it's public service. <laughs> well, you know what somebody <laughs> would say? Like, somebody said, when you working for a celebrity, regardless of how good or bad they are, this is the best job you're going to ever have. Like, you're not getting a better job. After just being somebody who got to be at parties all the time yep. with a celebrity, so it's yeah. like so they really turning in. Retirement. Yeah, they ain't only turning in his livelihood; they turning in a whole bunch of people's livelihood. Yeah, that's their retirement. I'm gonna retire off this. Well, day. one person, one but person. like who else? Like one person in the whole interview said that they they saw him having sex with Aaliyah with some doors open, like. He just ain't cared. No. But that begs the question, how the fuck he done got away with this shit for so long? But again, one, he's our killer. And you still, right now, right now, have bitches that are still willing to, to give it all up for our killer. Did you see the last little, in, like, the last interview? When he first got out of jail, he came up for only a few minutes before his lawyer got in there and talked, you know, for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it was this woman saying, just touch my hand. Just touch my hand, R. Kelly. Like, and she woman was just trying to. a girl. It was a woman. Yeah, she definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> and and R. Ke- let me tell you what R. Kelly said. R. Kelly said, don't worry. We finna sort all this out. And when he said that shit, I promise. I don't know if y'all follow uh, Big Man Davis. All I thought when he did that shit was this shit is finna be a breeze. <laughs> like that's all I thought when he did that. If y'all ain't seen like every time Big Man Davis do something, he be like, this shit finna be a breeze. And shit instantly go fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he said, like in one of I don't know if y'all see the videos, but just to give you an example of what he do, he got one where he in jail. Uh, and he, he he used the term big fella. He be in jail. He said, I'm just coming here to do my time. This finna be a breeze. And then his cell may be like, oh, big fella, you finna toot that ass up for me, big fella. Like, and he just keep going. And then at the end, he started yelling, guard. guard. And this is his first day in jail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But like, when that shit happened, that when R. Kelly said, don't worry, we finna sort all of this shit out. He said that shit like it was a like a, a fender bender. <laughs> we finna sort out this shit. No, you have been fucking kids for 25 years. Ain't no sort this shit out. You're nah. finna go to jail or you finna die. Them the only options. You're not finna put out no more hits. They not finna let you in no more studios. You weren't even paying rent at the last studio you was at. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just art. It goes back to what I was saying about how in black culture we sweep stuff under the rug. We protect those people instead of the people that they victimize. We've been knew this shit about Art Kelly when Aaliyah was alive and well. Like, but people, I don't know. It's like, oh, he can sing, and I don't know what it is about Art Kelly. I mean, maybe he is a pop pop. He played that flute on Aaliyah's. How he got them back and forth. Age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> the disrespect. Yeah, people should have known. People should have known then. The disrespect of of our age ain't nothing but a number. People should have exactly. He was young then. He wasn't older then. They should have known then. Yeah. Age ain't nothing but a number. To she have was telling her sing- He wrote that song for her. The only thing I didn't think too is his music. Let's be objective about it. It's not like it was 
I mean, he's good. He can sing, but it's not like, you know, I don't know. I never thought he was. It's was nursery never... rhyme for adults. <laughs> His shit is nursery rhyme for adults. That's all it is. R. Kelly ain't got shit but C-Spot run music. <laughs> His whole, I believe I can fly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he said when a woman's fed up instead of when a woman mad. <laughs> Who the? Because he didn't come up with the fed up part on no, his own. He didn't. He fed said up when a woman mad, and somebody yeah. was like, "Man, what about fed up?" Is a little bit more clever. <laughs> like, that's and so when when you started saying that, I was like, I mean, his music is simple as fuck. It is. It's simple as shit. So it surprised me that a lot of dumb people would love his music and they wouldn't be able to see such nuance in this situation that they would be able to say, you're a problem. I cannot listen to his, like, there is not a disconnect for me from his music and who he is. And what I mean by that, he write most of his songs about sex. I cannot listen to these songs now and not think about the fact that he wrote it to a 14-year-old. He wasn't writing that about no grown-ass woman. And they're gross, too. And they're gross. That's the other, other thing too. Is like, there's because there's a lot of artists out there, R and B, otherwise, any 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 music genre, country music, no matter what it is, where people write songs about sex, but they're usually not gross. They usually don't like when you really think about it. You're usually not like, uh, you know what I mean? Because like, there's also like, there's some rap songs out there too, hip hop and rap songs. Like, talked about this, Yin Yang Twins. Yo, yes, I was about to say the Yin Yang Twins. You know, I was. <laughs> Wait till you see my meat. Like, y'all look. <laughs> Nasty. It's nasty. Like <laughs> it's nasty. You know what I mean? For no reason. Nasty for no reason. But R. Kelly's music also is just like gross. It just feels gross. Like it feels kind of sweaty and like you know what I mean? Like it's like it's not, it's not like the central part of sex. It's like no. the sweat meat clapping part of sex. Yeah, but not in a good way either. Not like the <laughs> the meat sweat clapping. You know what I'm talking about? The splatter. Ah, okay. And it probably smells like butt in the room. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> butt and black and miles. And he's he's spraying jupe in the air to try to cover up the smell. Spraying some like that that cologne that your uncle wears at the at the family reunion. You know what I mean? It's, it's nasty. Car noir, goddamn. He's nasty. He's nasty. Yeah, so but there are people that like hold on to that. Okay, still... answer this for me. Answer Uh-oh. this for me, Red. What is <laughs> what was your favorite R. Kelly song before all of this shit? Mine was trapped in the closet because this shit was hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> and it was so poorly done. And <laughs> oh, it? oh, and um, you know, wow, no, and it wasn't even really an R. Kelly song. Um. I like "Step in the Name of Love" because it was a good like dance song, like good like part like party dance music, like a group everybody gets on the dance floor and like like a little. Um, and then what was the one with Isley with Ron Isley? Uh, Contagious. Yeah. Yeah, but I like that one more because of Isley than I did R. Kelly. So. Ignition and a remix to Ignition because it was just a good dance. It was it was good party music. Yeah. That- My favorite was the the down low down low because when I was a kid watching that video I realized it was so much fucked up shit going on in all these relationships it was like a little move to me it's like okay so she she clearly in a relationship with this dude that got big money but she don't really fuck with him like that and the dude who you know fuck with the big money dude is like over the side and then they kind of hook up a little bit they get their thing going big man found out oh shit what's gonna happen 
Big man beat both of their ass. And then at the end of the video, it's so R. Kelly beat up black black eyed ass walking into the hospital room and see her in the bed about to die. I was like, oh shit, did she die? <laughs> That's the kind of like I was like, damn, that shit was crazy. I think ignition. I want here for the dancing songs and the cause them songs when he started putting them flutes in that motherfucker. Step in the name of love. That's when he put that Mario flute in that bitch. That's when he was the Pied Piper. <laughs> I went to a lot of weddings though around that time that that, that uh, song was hot. played out. So like yeah, you know. So it was, then it, then it was probably after that it was probably it was probably the Cupid Shuffle after that, and then the Wobble. But <coughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, Robert Kelly. Robert Kelly. That bitch. Kanye West. Have y'all seen these church services he's been having? No, I don't see anything that Kanye does. <laughs> <laughs> so he appeared. First of all, it looked like it's in a goddamn field. I don't know where. It's like outside in the woods, which gives me cult vibes. I'm just gonna be honest. Is he? So let's before we get into that. Do is he done? He's done, right? Like like he's pretty much done, right? Um, I don't know. You know, you know, when somebody's career is over. Like, yeah, I don't know. He's done, right? Like, he has to be I don't done. Know. I feel like I feel like Kanye West is in that early R. Kelly phase. <laughs> He's like, in that phase where everything. He just put out a good hit. Every like R. Kelly was at a point where he just put out a good hit, and it didn't matter what you would be doing. Oh, I've seen that. I mean, I've seen. No, I didn't see that. I saw. I saw Kanye, and they overdubbed it with some kind of other music over top of it. But uh, they're in the woods, like just in the woods. What do you What do you expect out of Kanye? You but, expect Kanye to do shit to make sense now? No, I don't. But I'm saying like there were Diplo. I mean, it wasn't no big name, big name. But there were some other celebrities that have started going to his church. I guess is what this is. Is he calling it a church? Um, I haven't listened to it, so I don't know if he if he um. So it's like he got a whole choir out here. Yeah. I don't think he does. No, I have to get up closer. Let me see. I don't know if you can see no. that or not. No, it looks like Israel. They're in the woods. They're in the woods. He That's has like, like a like choir. And he's been doing this every Sunday now. And they all dress in white. Like that's <laughs> He's so all he sings is Jesus Walk. He sings like he's no, it's not just Jesus Walk. It's like his versions of the I don't know. I don't he know. He's not that singing gold digger, is he? It's giving me cult vibes. It's giving me Jim Jones and the People's Temple and the Kool-Aid drinking shit. That's what that gives me. Nah. Like I feel like at some point there's gonna be a mass suicide with with Kanye at the helm. But I do feel like I feel like Kanye is still at the peak. Like I feel like like R. Kelly R. Kelly been declining anyway. I don't think R. Kelly could put out a hit if he wanted to. I feel like Kanye can put out a hit now and forget whatever whatever stuff he's done. He's at the early early phases of R. Kelly downfall. He can just throw out a hit and be like, I'm good. I can't deal with him. Like the craziness, I can't. The only reason that I even keep up with anything is because we do this fucking show. 
Outside of that, I don't give a fuck about Kanye because I still think Kanye is severely mentally ill and the people around him are enabling him. And I think that it's going to lead to some fuck shit. I think everybody that's been complicit in this going to be, they're going to drink the Kool-Aid and it's going to be a mass suicide, I'm telling you. Mark, Mark. When, I think, when I think of Kanye West right now, I think of two things. I think of him walking out of Trump Tower with blonde hair. <laughs> next stand next to Donald Trump. And I think about that video of him up at T I think it was TMZ. Oh when he was yeah. About choice and him saying, Are you feeling the feeling in this room that I'm feeling? Or whatever the hell he said. <laughs> Sounding all kinds of crazy. And he's being like, Yo, this brother is done, man. He done. Yeah. Like it's a rap. You out in the woods with a bunch of people dressed up like Israelites singing <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, is it, was he singing Jesus Walks basically? Yes, why is that so accurate? Was it a clean, was it a clean version? I mean, I don't, probably, I hope, honestly, probably, probably, not, probably not. And they were probably all singing right along with it too. He got a choir. <laughs> it looked like, like you said, it looked like some cult shit. <laughs> it does. It looked like some cult shit. And he's, yeah, he's, like, done. he's doing this every Sunday now. This is a regular thing he does. They are, all them people out there going home looking at their Bible saying, ain't none of the rules against this. <laughs> I think this yeah. is okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's how, but look. I, so I watch a lot of documentaries and I watch a lot of documentaries about cults and how they begin. And it began with little shit like this where people are just like, oh, la, 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 la. Like, it doesn't seem that serious until you're drinking, you know, cyanide lace Kool-Aid and shit. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> Yep. So, for people to be like, oh, 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 yeah, I don't know what happened. I'm gonna resume. I just checked the time. I've been doing it the whole time. I don't know why I did it. But I don't know what happened last time. Yeah. Randomness. But at least we stopped this time. Um But that's what happens. Like people people don't go into cults thinking it's gonna be a cult and like, yes, I'm gonna join a cult today. You get in there and shit starts subtly changing until you in there and you don't even realize it. And I feel like that's what's gonna happen with Kanye and his little church shit. They're gonna be out in the woods. Then he gonna convince them that they need to move off the grid. They gonna be living out there in little huts and shit. Like, <laughs> nah, they gonna do communion. <laughs> communion gonna be poison on their ass. <laughs> the bread, the bread of his body's gonna be broken pieces of his old CDs that used to be fired. <laughs> no, nah, I feel like he would have some. Uh, he would have had his semen Ew. crystallized and mixed Honestly, bread. I why? Because it's actually his body. It's disgusting. But that's but it's gross. But it does, I mean, if you're gonna go with some, I mean, <laughs> he was selling white beaters with holes in them for like nine hundred dollars. <laughs> you think this man? You think Kanye West complicated ass gonna go buy some oysters, oyster crackers from Walmart <laughs> and pass them out to them people? Hell no! Nah, he's gonna... too rich for that. He's gonna do something extravagant and disgusting. He's gonna pull his meat out. <laughs> This is my body. Can you feel the feeling of my body? <laughs> it's like those memes that would come out where they would say, like, Kanye's going to release a, a CD case with nothing in it. And, like, this is just imagine the, the, the sound and, and his fans be like, I hear it. Wait, can you hear it? Like, 
Yeah, like, nah. With the Yeezys on. Exactly. Second hand. Listen, what's the name? Ugly, by the way. Ugly shoes. The 11th. Y'all gonna be hearing this on March the 12th. I Mark my words. When Kanye started this cult and all of these people that red said it here. <laughs> all right. The shit is a cult. And I'm co-signing that too. <laughs> Whatever. I don't think Kanye West. I think Kanye West got like ADHD with with the shit that he do. He may like why why the fuck every other month he doing something that ain't related to the last thing he was doing. <laughs> every time he ain't never doing the same shit for four weeks straight. He gonna do this for three weeks, and next thing you know, he gonna have a TV show where he's fucking knitting and painting and shit. And we gonna be like, what the fuck? Where the fuck did this come from? He doing something new every time, and it's so different. He got a kid right here, and he out here with his kids, and then he at Trump Tower, and then he in the fucking hospital, and then he doing interviews with Charlemagne, and then he out in the woods doing goddamn music. Is it? I, I'm just surprised. I want to see what happened next. <laughs> next time on the Kanye West show, <laughs> he gonna end that shit, and we gonna be like, "What the fuck is Kanye West doing?" Kanye West gonna have some dreadlocks the next time we see his ass. He's gonna be like, "How did this fucking happen?" <laughs> so I got a story and if you got something Colin that we can hit on real quick that'll probably take us out. Um if you got something you want to go to. No, let's do let's do yours. I'm I'm this is fun. I'm having fun. So we'll just right. do uh we'll so, do that. This week uh is a video of a black man in his yard. He was picking up trash. Oh, shit. And like four police officers are out there and they really they giving him the black man treatment basically for picking up trash in his yeah own picking yard. up trash in his yard and what what he out there saying is this is my house get off my property like you know with with four police officers him what it sounded like one of them had drawn his gun and so you know one of my friends on Facebook said that he married to a police officer you know Montgomery. Oh, nigga. so he married to a police officer, she, you know, but he's like, see, this, he was basically saying this black man ain't doing it right. He going to end up getting himself killed. When you're in this situation, you pretty never much need to comply. What'd you say? We never do it right. We never do it right. First of all, his, she ain't even like, never mind. <laughs> so they ain't going to hear this show. They ain't going to hear this show. But uh, both of them are minorities. The fuck? Whatever. See, it's weird because she's been she been supporting the blue, but as soon as she left her old apartment, then she started posting status about how they was doing stuff that was wrong. And when she was trying to call it out, it would impact her police existence. Mm -hmm. Like they changed her schedules, they changed her shifts. Um, when she was calling out this stuff, so it's like she got bullied into not saying shit about shit. And then I guess it matriculated over into her not saying shit about shit in her real life. You like she was defending that shit in her real life because ain't no point, you know. And I'm like, at what point do we do something? Like, I understand doing what you got to do in the moment to stay alive, but like for for him, it seemed like that's where the conversation ended. I'm like, no, no, no. What's next? What's yeah. next? If I'm on my own shit and y'all are coming for no fucking like, I just it's so crazy how we are expected. To just not give a shit about our rights being in Because guess what? I'm out of my... What reason do you have to come fuck with me while I'm picking up trash in my yard? Man. Why I'm, were they called out? What was the reason given for the call? I'm going straight Sambo on their ass. 
How you saw? <laughs> Just picking on up some trashes. What you need me to do, son? Get butt naked? <laughs> I get butt naked, son. Ain't no weapons here. As soon as I survive in the, in the car, making a motherfucking bitch ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Let me speak to the DA or whoever the fuck. Let me why, talk to him. Why were the police gone? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't have. I don't have that much of the story to know why they were called. But like, I was but just bringing up the dialogue. Of what we, we add, what we supposed we, to do? We get called on for every guy for nothing for breathing. I can be sitting here breathing, and the police come out. We got a call about your breathing, Miss Red. What the you, fuck? You know, I was t- I was saying that the reason that this shit with the calls keep happening is because white people don't have the same friends as we have, <laughs> so this shit don't get reposted <laughs> on their page. So. They might fuck around yeah. and hear about one of them people, but they don't hear about all of them. But I'm gonna tell you what: whoever called the police on this motherfucker, they know about that shit. They motherfucking, they motherfucking head. They saw his ass. They was like, okay, let me go across to the next town, <laughs> and they called the police on this man. It looked like he gonna be outside picking up trash for about another forty five minutes. I can get twenty minutes away and call the police. They evolving, man. They evolving. We giving them too much information on our experience. We need to catch their asses so right-handed. Then, and then, so, to, for two things with this one. Number one, the Sambo treatment to the police. <laughs> so, I didn't do this once when I got pulled over, but I definitely did the, where my hands were like, and my fingers were all extended on the steering wheel, and he was like, I need to see your license and registration. And I was giving him the, the play-by-play of like, officer, my license is in my right rear pocket. Is it okay if I reach to my right rear pocket to retrieve my license? And he was like, yes. So then I got it, and I gave it to him, and I put my hands back. And he was like, well, well, where's your registration? And I was like, officer, the registration is in my glove box. Is it okay with you if I reach into my glove box and I hand you? And he was like, just just do it. Can you just give me the registration? He was like, he was annoyed with the fact that I was like, <laughs> So I, I feel like if you were given the Sambo treatment, they would all of a sudden, they would then start to realize how ridiculous what was happening would be happening. And they'd be like, oh, he's doing this because he thinks. And then they get annoyed and be like, would you just, all right, let's, listen. All right, you just picking up trash. Okay, all right, never mind. Goodbye. Like, did it work? He was like annoyed with the fact that I was like, you know, he was like, you know, just hurry up. Come on. He's like, I was like, oh, I, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just doing what I was taught, sir. You know, I'm just wanna- you, you happen to run into the cop that would get annoyed. You know, you, yeah. you, you ain't run into the cop that, you know, would have been that was angry and would have been aggressive. Well, they might. They might get mad and be like, oh, what, you, you think I'm a racist? Like, <laughs> I mean, What's up with all this condescension? <laughs> what do you mean? What you mean, sir? <laughs> Uh-huh. What so, you mean, boss? <laughs> so what I do is, as soon as oh. the lights come on, I go into my reg- I go into my box, grab the registration, I grab my license, I grab my insurance, and by the time the officer gets up, my window is down, and all of those things are sitting right there in the seal, and my hands are on the wheel. That's how <laughs> I am with the situation. That's I do that shit, but I risk because I've heard videos where they got pulled over and the cop was like, you were doing a lot of shuffling around in the car yep. before I got here. Yep. You know, what were you doing? I was getting all this shit together so I didn't have to open nothing up while you here because I don't want to die. <laughs> I'm going to start keeping a silver platter in my back seat and so I can, when he comes up, I can put on some white gloves and be like... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but that, but the other part that I want to talk about that story is there. The, there was one of the police officers did have his gun drawn, 
and the and the bitch ass chief of police came out and said, "Well, yeah, but his gun was pointed at the ground. It wasn't pointed at the at the man." And I'm like, what about the fact that he had a trash picker upper in his hand and that you, why you even have your gun drawn in the first place? <laughs> That's my question. Wow. He's like, I'm picking up trash. He's got one of the, probably one of those doggy poop things with the little, you know, oh, yeah, that you just pull the trigger and it's got little hands on it so you can pick up the trash in a trash bag. Cause I think he's from Africa or something too. He's, his name, uh, the, the dude's name was like a, like an African name. So he's probably out there trying to do his public duty, his civic service of cleaning his neighborhood up. You got your punk ass police standing out there with his gun out. For what? What you gonna do? I would have been like, all right, well, here's what I'm gonna do, officer. I'm gonna go inside and have a beer. You're welcome to join me. Uh, <laughs> I, got I got some barbecue working uh, on the grill out back. Y'all can come on in, but this is ridiculous. I'm finishing up picking up my trash, doing my yard work. Uh, it's time for a beer. So y'all wanna come in, or are we are we good? Are we good? Watch him get all mad. So and you know, they'll start recording you and try to turn it into a. See, this is what happens when people comply with the police. They share a beer together in a barbecue. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. They got Have them. Lives matter. Flip the script on your ass. <laughs> Make it seem like all the other black people are just irrational. And if you like this black person, then you'll be all right. Yep. Man, I, but the thing is, I am. I would have to have a very irrational cop experience for something to happen to me. Because I'm just a pleasant motherfucker. <laughs> I just am. I'm a pleasant person. I, I just am. And I I would have to have a cop that's having a fucked up day and a fucked up life. And I remind him of somebody that beat up his son when he was in high school. <laughs> for him to be like, you that you him. You know what I'm saying? Like That should have to happen to me. Because otherwise, I'm, I'm going to be pleasant. And, but when I have this dialogue, it's not about that. I should be able to have the same ability to be as unpleasant as the white my white counterpart. Yeah. If, if because we keep seeing shit, mm -hmm. we keep seeing white people to shot three cops and get apprehended. The other day it was a naked man with a tomahawk. Yep. And he cut <laughs> off the with the tomahawk yeah. with the fucking tomahawk. They didn't shoot him. They didn't shoot. Like it's crazy. The level of comfort that white police officers have with white men is to the point that they are vulnerable enough to get cut. And the fear that they have for black people is ridiculous enough that they will shoot you if you got a fucking cell phone or a garbage pickup in your hand. Yep. Like, You're pleasant. You're safe. Everybody always think I mean to have an attitude. You know how much smiling I have to do just to, so that I'm non-threatening or I'm non-aggressive, angry black woman, even though that's just my resting bitch face? Yeah. <laughs> Man, that shit is stupid. Like, it's ridiculous. And it's tiresome. It is so tiresome to have to deal with all of this. And this is what I think white people don't understand because this is not a world that they live in and these are not things that they have to consider. And so, you know, when they say all you have to do is comply, it's like, no, because my compliance and your compliance is going to be viewed differently. I can be compliant and still be deemed aggressive because I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing what you're supposed to do so like it's just it's it's tiresome it is fucking tiresome and another another rhetoric i'm tired of in this whole conversation is that black officers something about black officers like i don't think people when you're in the blue you ain't no color but blue yep 
So it does yeah. like a black because like Fox News and like people on the right like to bring up the dialogue. Well, well, the officer that did it was black. Don't, well, matter. don't make a difference. No, they are representing the same. They are all representing the same ideas. They are representing a power structure that has taken over the power uh, and asserting it on, on, on the people. And that's a problem. And if you go against that, I mean, even like with the example that you had, if you go against that, then you're going to, there are consequences for that. Like you're not even free to have a dissension. You have to go along with it in order for you to be a part of that system. Um, And so, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a black officer or not. I don't like that. But uh, um, that's my story. Do you have anything that you want to want to go into? Uh, me? No, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Did you have something else? Um. Uh, no. Oh, I mean, I don't give a fuck about this, but I don't. All these names, Jesus. Why being Almighty J? They whooped his ass. Did you see that video? No. Oh my God! So he posted a video showing like, oh, his Balenciaga shoes, this chain, whatever. Then he goes out. <laughs> this group of dudes <laughs> jump him and whoop his ass. They take his shoes. <laughs> they take that chain. And you know he like ninety five pounds. He a little skinny dude. They whooped his ass, kicked him in the head. I'm talking about like on the video, you could see somebody go whoop <laughs> and he had to be hospitalized and. I guess what I would say to that is um, <laughs> be, be careful about I have about I have fun and and stunning stunning showing all your shit off because then they I mean they literally he had on the same exact outfit so they watched that live and was like oh this nigga going to the mall okay <laughs> <laughs> and then they went and found him and took all his shit they beat him out of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> See, but this is gonna start a cycle because now they gotta find them dudes, and now he gotta get his crew, and now they gotta go catch him slipping, <laughs> and then they gotta go catch. It's gonna turn into a vicious cycle of of retaliation, like what Tupac said in one of his songs. Um, dang, what did he say? No matter how you try, niggas never die. We just retaliate with hate, then we multiply. That's just how the shit gonna go. Yeah, I everybody that was saying why was he by himself, he wasn't by himself. This altercation started when he was with people and like they separated him. <laughs> like the you take the weakest from the group. <laughs> <laughs> they separated the little lamb from the rest of the lambs and fucked him up. Like he was with people, but he got they separated him out. <laughs> so he did have folks with him. He wasn't Cause everybody was like, "Why was he out by himself?" He wasn't, but his friends won shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Unfortunately, but um. That's why I buy all of my clothes from Old Navy. <laughs> and T-shirts from Target. I couldn't wear Old Navy shit when I was in the fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so I get get my my superhero T-shirts from Target and. That's about it. There you go. Oh, yeah, me too. I went to go find some yesterday. I ain't seen none I like, though. <laughs> no, same. I was there Thursday night, I think. Yeah, I ain't seen anything. Hey, don't, uh, there's another one, though. Don't sleep on Coles, though. Coles, uh, oh, yeah. T search section. That's right. like the second best to target. Yeah, you're right. They competing. They you're competing. right. 
But look, Colin so Man. Funny. We talking about him having Balenciagas and you niggas just sitting here having conversations about superhero shows well, and targeting. Can't buy no damn Balenciagas. <laughs> no, hey, don't don't discount you you leaving out what you bundled that dialogue with. The Balenciagas and getting his ass beat. Yeah, I'm trying to get my ass. Got my ass beat over my fucking Black Panther shirt. Yeah, exactly. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> niggas ain't coming for that. Like, listen, I just listen. Let me keep my shirt. I'll give you twelve dollars. <laughs> Go to Target. They got yeah. plenty. All sizes. They keep them stocked with you. Bet that we go together. <laughs> Take it out. Exactly. They might buy, buy two, get one free. We could both get one. Balenciaga is a different situation. But look, Kyler, man, I, I, I appreciate you, man, for coming on. Taking, nice taking your time. You already yeah. knew him, but I didn't know you. So. I appreciate yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. The next time, the next time we get on, we we is gonna have to do a video game segment, though, man. Oh yeah, we will. We got to do that. That's potential for a whole new podcast for that. Yeah, this is. I mean. Oh okay, so I'm gonna step back. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead. Yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm taking over the whole the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna go find some else. We got we got to do. No, it. Red, Red, you play too, though, right? I play so. some games. Like I'm not like I, every time I am with them and they have these video game conversations, I'm always like, okay, <laughs> I play what I like. <laughs> like I um. Devil May Cry. I'm excited about that. Just May came Cry. out. Yes. And it's fantastic. That those are the kind of games I like. Yeah. Yeah, we have to put it we'll throw a segment in there next time. We so. gotta do that. But again, appreciate you, man. And um y- y'all got anything else on your mind? No. Nope. Well, until we come to the next conversation. We out. Holla.